I'm Courtney Lundeen, and welcome to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. Do you find yourself wishing you could have more moms, sisters, and friends encouraging you and pouring into you, inspiring you to live as the mom God has called you to be? Too often, our culture minimizes the role of motherhood, but I believe that being a mom is a high calling, and we're answering the call and stepping up to the plate. I love simplicity and efficiency, habits and routines, but my favorite part of life is being a mom. If you want practical strategies to lighten your load, simplify your life, let some things be easy, and make room for what matters most, you're in the right place. I'll remind you that every blessing and provision is God's and help you reflect that mindset in your homes and to your families. Thanks for joining me, friend. I'm glad you're here. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. As always, it is my honor that you're here listening to these words and I hope it will be a blessing to you. Today's episode is called Use Your Phone to Streamline Your Life. As you know, this is one of my favorite things to talk about, organization, streamlining, saving our precious time so we can use it for the things we truly love. If you're listening to this episode in real time, it's almost the new year, so what a perfect time to get organized and reevaluate our systems. I am always thinking to myself, how can I make this easier? How can I minimize this process? How can I be more efficient with my time and resources? And turns out a lot of answers to these questions are found in my smartphone. Phones are full of distractions and they do get a bad rap sometimes, but we can use them to work for us. I have several examples for you guys to save and optimize our time using our phones to our advantage. And I want to note here, I have an iPhone. I am an Apple person. I'm really not familiar with other types of smartphones. So I hope that the things we talk about today can be applied similarly, no matter what kind of phone you have. So the first thing I want to talk to you guys about is called a shared calendar. And honestly, I would give this as one of my number one marriage tips too. (laughs) It has really helped me and Jordan. The shared calendar. If you don't know about this or haven't tried it yet, I really am so happy to be here (laughs) telling you about it. When you open the calendar app on your phone, at the bottom, you can click the word calendar. Then on the bottom left, click add calendar and then click add calendar again. Then you can type out whatever you want to name your shared calendar. We use our last name as the calendar name. I leave the account the account on iCloud, which is what automatically pops up because honestly, I don't know what those other <laughs> options are. Something about an email address. So just pick one and I think it will work. And then you can pick any color and click done. Then you will see the name of the calendar you just created under the iCloud category. And you can click that little red I in a circle to the right and open that information about your calendar. Then you can see where it says shared with add person. Click that and add your spouse. Then make sure it says that that person is allowed to view and edit. There you go. Now you have a shared calendar and you can see each person can see what the other person sees and it will notify you within that app when the other person adds something to the shared calendar. If you already use your calendar app for work or something and you're afraid that this will mess up your system that you already have, if you don't want to always see the family shared calendar, when you open the calendar app and click the word calendar at the bottom, you can select or deselect certain calendars and that determines which calendars show up when you view the calendar app. So essentially you can keep the calendars going and choose to see one or some or all of them at the same time. So for example, my husband is in grad school full time right now and he created a shared calendar with me that is only for his school schedule. So I can see that calendar and see when he's in class or what time his class gets out. But I leave that calendar deselected because I don't really need to see 
all day, every day on my personal calendar what class he's in at that time. But I can see it if I'm curious. And this makes it so much easier when you're trying to plan something with someone and you're thinking, let me check with my spouse because I can't remember if we have plans or not. Um, Let me get back to you. Instead, you could just literally look at the shared calendar right then and know right away. My husband and I still ask each other politely like when we're making plans or something like that, but we have found it so much easier to know the family schedule directly at that time through the shared calendar. So to add an event to the shared calendar, you can go to the calendar app, click the plus sign in the top right corner to add an event like you normally would. Then about halfway down, you can enter the time and all of that, and then it says calendar. And there's where you can select your shared calendar. If you add it as a shared calendar, it will pop up on the phones of anyone who is sharing that calendar with you. If you want to make this really easy for yourself or if you're setting this up for your spouse um, and you want to set the shared calendar as default so they don't have to edit that setting, it will automatically put whatever they enter in the shared calendar. Then you can go to your general phone settings, click calendar, and then select that as the default calendar. And I mean, we put everything in our shared calendar. We kind of joke if something comes up that wasn't on the calendar, we are like, well, it wasn't a real commitment because it's not in the shared calendar. And we feel like we, like it's not set in stone if it's not on our shared calendar. We both try to add something to the calendar right when we commit to something. You can even add events and click all day instead of picking a time. So those things stay at the top of that day for that calendar. So sometimes I'll do that with things that are more so like a reminder for that day instead of an event. So my example, if the kids have spirit week at school, I'll add an event to each day that says crazy hair day or pajama day or whatever as the title. And then I'll check all day instead of putting in a time. And it just shows up at the top of that day. Or if it's something that my husband, for example, doesn't really need to see clogging up his calendar, like maybe, for example, those kids dress up days that he's not really in charge of and doesn't necessarily need to be reminded of, I can just click a different calendar besides the shared calendar. So it will only show up on my phone and it won't show up on the shared calendar, which shows up on his phone too. I have mentioned um, in previous episodes that I have an acrylic wall calendar that I absolutely love and I keep it displayed on the wall of my laundry room and each month it's like the introduction to a new month. It feels so great to me to have a few minutes to go through my phone calendar and add it all to that wall calendar. I do like to see it all written out and it kind of helps me see an overview for the month but it is more practical for me to keep all the details of the day-to-day in my phone which I have with me at all times. Another way we use the shared calendar is if you regularly have a family member watching your kids or a regular babysitter or something that they would be willing to have a shared calendar with you. We used to do this with my mother-in-law when she babysat my kids more regularly and just kind of off times. When we would ask her and she would commit to something, we would put it in the shared calendar so that we could all see it and confirm that we had arranged it. So that's it for the shared calendar. If you want to talk about it more with me, as you can tell, I'm pretty fired up about it, and I'll talk to you guys about it more. Um, Someday, I'll probably make a video that kind of explains me clicking through it, but for now, I hope those words are detailed enough. So the next topic I want to talk about is our friends and our contacts' home addresses. If you are listening to this in real time, it's almost Christmas time or just was Christmas time, and a lot of people I know send old school paper in the mailbox Christmas cards. I personally love this tradition, but for those of us who do send Christmas cards, We need to know everyone's physical addresses, and we could text every single person that we know every single year and ask them again for their addresses, or we could have a system and streamline our efforts. You know, I love a system. So there's a free app called Sheets, 
and it is a Google app, kind of like a version of Excel for iPhones. And one time, I created a document in Sheets called Addresses, and like Excel, the rows are numbered. So I like having this, and it's easy for me to open the app each year and eyeball how many Christmas cards I need to buy. Like, okay, I approximately need to order 100 Christmas cards because I have approximately 100 names on this list, or whatever your number is. Accounting to add or remove a few addresses from the previous year. Then it's easier to just quickly decide on an amount to order. Then when I pull out the list each year, I kind of skim it, and I look for people who I know have moved that year. And I will right away delete their addresses and just leave it blank. This helps me know that I won't accidentally use their old address. I just leave it blank until I get their new address. I'm saying all of this hoping it's not like old school system already because I got a few texts from people this year using Postable, I think it was, or there's probably some other similar websites that collect addresses for you and address and send your Christmas cards for you. So anyway, like I said, I don't really know how that works, but maybe for even other reasons, it would be helpful to have your own list of contract contacts and addresses. So hopefully this method will help you. I like using the Sheets app because you can also log in to Google Sheets from any computer anywhere you are and have instant access to this document you created. If it's easier, you could even create it on that desktop and then reference it from the app on your phone. But I like having all my addresses saved in one place, and for me, this app seems to work the best. Secondly, to organize addresses on this same subject, I save them to the actual contact for that person on my phone especially if this is someone whose house I drive to regularly. It is so easy to just pull up their contact on my phone, click on their address, and my map will just take me directly to their house. Someone like me who is not great at relying on directions or my memory of neighborhoods, I can just save it to my phone in their contact and click on it. You can even save a note in their contact on your phone where I'll type out a gate code if I'm regularly visiting someone with a gate code. Then it's saved right there and you don't have to ask them each time. Whenever I ask someone for their address and they text it to me, I just save it right then to their contact on my phone. Then the once a year that I go through my Christmas card addresses or if I'm sending a paper invitation for a birthday party or whatever, I can pull up their updated addresses from my phone contact. Another thing on the subject of addresses and calendars Whenever someone invites me to a birthday party, whether they send me a paper invitation or a phone invitation, I personally love paperless posts and use those for my own birthday parties for my kids. Um, I create an event right then and I go ahead and save the address and the time and create a note that says any details I need to know right then and I save it in my phone calendar. That way I'm not having to like dig through my texts or my emails or looking for the paper at home when it's party time. I already know that I've already done the work ahead of time right when I got that and it's saved on my phone. Another technology hack on the subject of addresses is creating text replacement shortcuts on your phone. I have one for my email address and one for my real street address. This way, whenever people ask for my address, I don't have to type it out each time. I just go on my phone to settings, general, keyboard, and then click text replacement. You can click the plus sign in the top right corner and type the long form of what you want to save on the top line where it says phrase. And on the second line where it says shortcut, you can put whatever shortcut is that you want to create. So for example, if my email address is podcast at courtneylundin.com, on that top line, I would put spelled out podcast at courtneylundin.com. And then on the second line, I try to create like the letters of each word or something. So I might do PCL as the shortcut and save it. 
Then whenever someone asks me for my email address in the text, I literally type out PCL and hit the space bar. And then the long form podcast at CourtneyLundin.com magically appears in the text. Just try it. I realize I'm only talking about saving a few seconds here with this trick, but (laughs) it's me and I love this kind of stuff. This is the kind of thing that really pumps me up, even though it's like minuscule. So the other example with using my street address. So if my address is 123 Main Street, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, 73104. And I don't want to type that out every single time someone asks me for my address or if I'm filling out a form. I could just save my shortcut, MSO, or whatever I want. Then when someone asks my address, I could type out MSO. And then what magically appears in that text is 123 Main Street, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, 73104. Fully typed out will pop up. Isn't that cool? You can even create, this is just so detailed and dorky, but you could even create half of those. Like sometimes if you're ordering something, you have to do just the street address without the city or whatever. So you could do just 123 Main Street and you could say that as MS or something. Um, You can also do this for a spelling of someone's name or something. Um, If your phone regularly predicts something wrong, you can save it on this text replacement and your phone will understand that you want to use that word to be replaced with the one that you're intentionally trying to put. So back to the subject of contacts (laughs) on our iPhone. I also save people's birthdays on their iPhone contact, in their actual contact card on my phone. I only save the birthdays of people I want to remember their birthdays and see it on my calendar, people who I would actually reach out to and tell them happy birthday. I do love this method because it shows up on my calendar when I save it in their contact. And if someone shares a contact with me and it includes someone's birthday who I don't really need to know their birthday necessarily, I go ahead and delete it from their contact so it doesn't show up in my calendar. I try to really keep my calendar to essentials only and without anything extra I don't need to know. So save the birthdays you need to know. Don't save the birthdays you don't need to know. But I love that the birthdays are saved to my calendar and they pop up automatically each year. So I don't have to go through and add birthdays to my calendar or remember to put them on repeat or whatever. You also don't have to even do math to figure out how old someone is turning. If you type in their birthday with the year of their birth, your phone will say something like, your sister's 30th birthday or something. It will tell the year of how old they're turning. Um, And you could save it. This is another little trick that I found, and I think it's so fun. You can save your, like, best friends or your nieces and nephews' kids' birthdays. So you create a contact for that little person. Use their little name, and then they don't have a phone number or whatever. You just put their birth date, and it helps you remember on your calendar each year it will pop up, like, your niece's birthday, she's turning five or whatever. So it will automatically be in your calendar if you create a contact for them. And then you can remember to tell them happy birthday too. Another thing that has been super helpful to me is the notes app on my phone. I have so many notes on that notes app on my phone. I love it because when you search them, you can search through them with a search bar. If you open the app and scroll down, a search bar pops up and you can literally type in the word zoo. If you need to know your zoo ID number or something, it will take you right to that note where you save the word zoo. I know that is a random example, but it is something I literally searched for yesterday. I also keep a perpetual to-do list in a note on my phone. I keep notes about songs that I hear that I want to remember. Like I said in other episodes, I have a note for each of my kids that I kind of keep as their running baby book, information keeper, and I'll jot down funny things that they've said or milestones that I want to add to their baby book later. Or even I have notes for brainstorming ideas for this podcast. If I think of something just in the moment, I'll jot it down really quickly in a note. Then when I'm sitting down with my computer later and 
making outlines for podcast episodes, I'll reference that note and add those little tidbits of information to my overall outlines. I also have notes of lists of favorite Bible verses I like to refer to. I also have my personal comp- uh, confessions and affirmations that I like to read aloud out to myself. I save that in a note on my phone. And this next one is probably not <laughs> not recommended. Um, I probably shouldn't even say this, but I do have a lot of my passwords saved in notes on my phone. And I do kind of shorthand it like words that the passwords go to in case someone really did steal my phone they wouldn't have like access a note that says passwords to everything um or like email password but I'll shorthand something like that and then I'll save the password there I do have notes of prayers that we prayed out for each of my kids during my pregnancies I like to keep looking back at I have prayers that me and Jordan decide for each calendar year we'll kind of set goals and a prayer over the year and I'll save those and notes on my phone and I'll read those back sometimes. Um, If you aren't someone who uses the notes app and you just keep all of this in your brain somewhere and that works for you, then I applaud you and congratulations and maybe just keep doing what you're doing. I'm not trying to throw you off, but if you are always forgetting things or if your mind feels constantly stressed about keeping track of everything, start some notes. Use your note app. It's already there. You can even have shared notes, kind of like the shared calendar I mentioned already. You can create shared notes for a running grocery list with your spouse or a shared note about all the things that you need to pack for your kid before they go to school if you share a drop-off duty or something like that. Creating notes is also one of my top tips for combat combating. I don't know why I feel like I'm saying that weird. Combating anxiety and worry and trouble sleeping. People somewhat formally <laughs> call it a brain dump. Literally just writing something out on a type of a to-do list and getting it out of your brain before you go to bed can help you sleep more easily. If you're one of those people who wake up several times fretting through the night about something you're supposed to do the next day or you're afraid you'll forget something, just open a note on your phone, type it out, and you'll know that you can sleep soundly because you're going to see it tomorrow and deal with it tomorrow. Another way I use my phone's technology to my advantage is to keep running grocery lists. Like I said, I used to do this on a note on my phone, but now in this season of life where I have two toddlers to bring with me to the grocery store, I mostly use grocery grocery pickup or grocery delivery. My sanity is sometimes worth the extra money, and sometimes I actually save money by not buying random things I walk by that I don't actually need when I go to the store. And then I don't have to say no to my kids on every aisle about every grocery item that has a picture of Paw Patrol on it. Moms and toddlers know what I mean. Sometimes it's worth five more dollars to not go. I have found it so much easier to just add things directly to my grocery list on my phone when I realize I'm running out of it. One of the online grocery ordering apps I use the most is the Target app. I frequently use grocery pickup and I do use shipped delivery sometimes too. But it is so easy to use grocery pickup because there's no minimum order amount and you don't have to tip them because the people shopping for your order are the employees who are already there and already getting paid. I can add some things to a pickup order, place the order, and then when I'm out running errands, I can pull up to a parking spot and they bring it out to my car. There are no extra fees compared to shopping in the store. How amazing is that? If you guys are not taking advantage of this yet and you live near Target and frequently shop at Target, please just try it. My sister and I have noticed that sometimes the Target prices differ from online and in-store. Not necessarily that one is always more expensive than the other, and they will price match themselves. But it's worth noting here, they don't mark up the prices for shipped or grocery pickup, but the prices could be different, higher or lower than what's in the store at that exact time. Another thing I love about using the online ordering for Target, it is so much easier to see what's on sale. 
they frequently have cartwheel, like, buy three, get one free, or 15% off your purchase, or $15 off your next purchase of $75 or more. And it's easier to plan ahead and take those discounts into account when you're looking at it on your phone instead of trying to figure it all out as you go in the store. You can plan ahead financially also to see the total so you're not like shocked at the register at the price. You can see ahead of time if the deodorant that you're planning to buy is on sale, buy three, get one free, and you can think about it for a second or check your counter at home to say, do I really need four of these or do I need one? And you're not having to make these spur of the moment decisions with two loud toddlers in your cart. Also on the Target app, you can even add it to cart and save for later. If you know you're at home, you're noticing you're running low on paper towels, but you don't necessarily need it right away, but you don't want to forget in the next couple of shopping trips, you can add it to your cart when you think of it and then move it to the save for later list. And then you can see when it's time to add it back to your cart. You can also see if things go on sale, you can add things in your save for later. And then right there when you're viewing your cart and your save for later list, you can see if things are on sale. So that's pretty cool too if it's something you know you want to buy and you want to watch for a sale. The app also recognizes your usual items. You can make a usual item list or it will just know, (laughs) suggest to you the things that you normally buy. And you can just click, click, click through the things you regularly buy. It really does save me time and I do believe it also saves me money and it for sure saves me the effort of a shopping trip. I also use Instacart, and I know this sounds like a place of privilege to have multiple online grocery deliveries, um, and it is, and I recognize that. But I had never used Instacart until my dad and stepmom purchased it for me as a gift a couple of years ago as my Christmas present. Isn't that such a great idea for adults who have everything or can't think of something that they specifically need? Getting them a gift like this, it was really a big blessing to me, a gift that keeps on giving. Um, They got me the Instacart Plus. I don't know the difference in the dollar amount, honestly. But that means I don't have any extra fees or anything, and I do pay um, a tip each time to the shopper, though. So I use Instacart for Costco, and there's natural grocers around me and Sprouts. I like both of those. There's even a small local grocery store in my town that is on Instacart, too. I do the same thing, just keep a running grocery list and add things that I think about throughout the week, and then I just check out whenever I'm ready to buy it all. Instacart lets you have different carts going at the same time for each different store. So if there's something you know you only buy at Costco, you can add it to that cart. But then if you're not even checking out right now, you can just work on your Sprouts cart or whatever. Um, A disclaimer and a warning is Costco does say they mark up prices on Instacart. And I have checked before, and for me in my area, it's around a dollar more per item which that can add up and that can be significant. Um, But sometimes I'm only buying like seven or 10 things at Costco. And I feel like it might be worth that additional seven or $10 for me not having to go there. So if, especially if, you know, it's your time is valuable too, and you have kids to go with and all the things, (laughs) there's lots of factors to consider. Like I said, I realize this is a privilege to use these services. um, And sometimes money is too tight for that. But for the people who can outsource, some of your tasks like this and take advantage of saving your time, it might be worth looking into this if you haven't yet. I do think um, I have an Instacart referral link. (laughs) So I'm not trying to be like a mega influencer here, but it does help me if you are hearing my words and thinking I do want to try this out. Um, You can use the link that I'm going to share in the show notes and you'll get $20 off your first order. So um, another thing I am kind of against in general leaving notifications on on your phone or any type of device. I like to turn notifications off. Instacart is one exception for me because I regularly get pretty extreme discounts um, in Instacart notifications and you have to click on it right away and save it to your Instacart to get it. 
Um, my stepmom, like I said, she regularly uses this app too. And we always laugh that she says she never gets any <laughs> discounts. So I don't know if it's like depending on the area where we live or how much we use the app. I don't know what their algorithm is, but I somewhat regularly get notifications of like, right now I have one that says $30 off my next $150 purchase at Costco. And that's a lot of money that can make up the extra dollar per item and it can make up the cost of tipping your driver. So um, maybe consider leaving notifications on for that one. <laughs> um, and I feel like this is a little bit off topic for this episode, but another use, best use of my phone and technology that's not necessarily for organization, but it is for saving time and money and entertainment is the Libby, L-I-B-B-Y, library app. I rent so many audiobooks for free from this library app. When I signed up, this was several years ago, I really did have to go to the local library to get a library card in person and added it to the app. But that was a few years ago, and maybe you can do it all online now. But you can download the Libby app and link your library card to the app, and you can rent ebooks, audiobooks, cookbooks, even magazines through that app. It is so cool. I used to use the app Overdrive instead of Libby, and I guess they are converting Overdrive to Libby right now. But the main reason I'm saying this is I noticed a difference in the two apps. Um, when I had Overdrive, I could search for a book title or audiobook title, and if it wasn't available, you could click recommend. And literally every single book I've ever recommended gets approved, and they'll email me or an app notification that the book I requested is available. So I'm saying that if you look at the app and you think, none of the books I want are on here, go ahead and recommend them. And they, I did see something once that said Libby is trying to get that feature available before they get rid of the OverDrive app. So it's a long story, but I'm passionate about this stuff. <laughs> I love my audiobooks and podcast, as you know. So if you haven't tried the library app, try it. And worth mentioning here, like I sort of already said, is that I believe we can save so much of our brain space by turning off notifications. The constant dots popping up and information popping up just really distracts you all day long. You can turn off pop-up notifications for every app. Unless you really, really need to see every single email right away, right when that sender decides they want to send it to you, don't let it distract you from your life. You can open your email app 10 times a day if you want, but to me, that's better than letting all 37 emails you got yesterday distract you 37 times from your kids or your work that's right in front of you. And hopefully everyone knows this hack by now, but you can hide alerts from group messages or any message, but especially group messages. Usually checking in when you choose to open your phone and catch up on that group message at that time is just fine to stay caught up with that group. You probably don't need to be interrupted every single time throughout the day when anyone in that group message has a thought for the group. That's pretty much the first thing I do whenever I get added in a new group message. I just immediately click the names at the top and click hide alerts. You will see the new messages as alerts when you open your messages, so it will still tell you that you have something available that's new, but it doesn't pop up each time and distract you. Silencing notifications help us be more present with what or who is right in front of us, which is almost always the most important thing. I'm also a huge believer in unsubscribing from emails. It is worth it. <laughs> Just unsubscribe, click at the very bottom where it says unsubscribe, and don't let this Old Navy email you three times a day forever because you signed up to get a 15% off coupon the first time. If the emails don't add to your life, unsubscribe. Um, and I think that's basically it for what's on this topic. But back to my new um, segment on the podcast that's called Mom Hacks. Basically, my life hacks, golden nuggets, the things that I want to tell you guys about that I don't have enough content to make a full episode out of. So this one is huge for us. And I think coming up 
with holiday parties this time of year, it might be helpful to you. If you are out somewhere later than usual with your kids and you know you'll either be bringing them home extremely tired or they'll be falling asleep in your car on the way home, bring their pajamas with you to wherever you're going and change them into your into their pajamas before you drive home. It makes bedtime or transferring them to the bed so much easier and shorter. One of my friends did this several years ago when they were at our house for the evening and Jordan and I were like, what are you doing? <laughs> that is genius. And we have done it several times since then. And every single time we do it, we are like so happy and proud of ourselves. We're like, we are geniuses. We are so smart. We're amazing. <laughs> our day is so much better now. Congratulations to us. <laughs> so try that next time you're out late with your kids, pack your pajamas and change them before you drive home. So thank you guys for giving me your precious time again. And I hope this episode is a blessing to you. I'll close this episode by saying a prayer and a blessing for you. Dear God, thank you for these listeners. Thank you for giving us inspiration of ways to save time and streamline parts of our lives so we have more time and more space for what matters. Help us keep our eyes on you during the days and weeks ahead. Help us keep the people that we are around, especially those in our homes, see you through us. Help them see your patience and kindness and all the fruit of the Spirit through what we say and do. Help us be rooted in a firm foundation, not shifting by our circumstances, but constantly rooted and fixed in what we have pre-decided that we're putting our hope in. You, Lord. Amen. If you want more of the Elevate Motherhood podcast, be sure to click subscribe in whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. For more information, head to my website, CourtneyLundeen.com. I send a once a week email that will include the most recent podcast episode, scripture and encouragement, and links for things that we love or talk about on the show. Thanks for being here, friends. Until next time, let's elevate motherhood.